0: Welcome to the Chapter 49 podcast. My name is Larry Landon. I'm a communications volunteer for Chapter 49, representing most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. I'd like to welcome you to our weekly podcast, the Chapter 49 podcast. Uh, last week, we uh, did our first video version. We have audio and video. And Duncan, just so you know, our audio version still beats out our video version as far as number of plays. but. Who knows, maybe that will change over time. But welcome back uh, to uh, Duncan Giles, our chapter president.
1: Yo, know, it was beating the video. I mean, do you really want to look at me? Uh, that's, the, that's the key question to me. I would think that most people would rather do the audio.
0: Just to put, the rec- put this on the record, this was your idea.
1: Yeah, okay, let's go with that. I'm sure it
0: was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we are uh, we are as I mentioned uh, here for our weekly podcast and of course we're here to talk about a variety of things that have happened in the past week. You are recording this uh, in the early afternoon of August 5th, 2021. So let's get to the issues of the day. First thing we want to talk about the variants that are going around, particularly the Delta variant, has, has certainly impacted everybody, including the federal government and the workforce. These mask edicts are going in uh, several states and localities where they have high levels of, of COVID uh, infestation. Um, I'm sure this is a shock. The Centers for Disease Control has more current information than IRS. I think that should not surprise you about where the hot spots are. So now that we're looking at more mask edicts uh, for people uh, and we see restaurants and uh, other venues, indoor venues uh, for the most part, uh, instructing people even who are fully vaccinated to go ahead and mask up. Uh, is it too early to tell how this may affect us in the federal government, particularly at the IRS?
1: I, I think it's a continually evolving situation. Um, earlier this week, we had the we had the discussion of is the uh, president's edict about wearing masks in the workplace just for federal buildings, or is it anywhere that uh, legislative or excuse me executive branch employees are situated? And come to find out, it's the latter. So if um, you go on the CDC website, not the IRS, because the IRS is not as up to date as the CDC's website on where the hotspots are, and it says that your particular county is in a hotspot area, then yes, you're going to need to wear a mask in um, in the office, um, you know, in the hallways, going to the bathroom, lunchrooms, whatever it is. So I think you're going to start to see more and more of those come up.
0: Well, this brings up an issue that I know is of concern to you. You and I both worked in toll free for a period of time. I think technically, even though you're chapter president, your regular job with the IRS still would be in toll free if you were not an elected chapter president. And we have most of our people in Indiana, in Indiana and Indianapolis area, who are working out of their homes taking these phone calls. Yet there are still some people working in the office. It's really difficult to talk to people on the phone wearing these masks. And at this point, people are still, who are working in these call centers, are still working with masks on. Is that not correct?
1: Uh, That's a great question. And I don't know how well that's being policed. Is that the way it should be at this point, based on my discussions with uh, FMSS, our facilities folks? Absolutely and that's the way it should be for anywhere across the country. How well is that being enforced? I don't know. Um but yeah, I'm I'm that's why you know, I tell people, you know, if you can telework, go ahead and telework, get vaccinated so you don't have to uh, you know, be as concerned. But yeah, right now, as it stands right now, legally and technically, if you're on the phones sitting in IRS lease space, whether it's federal government or private, you should be wearing a mask, which is incredibly difficult. And uh, there were some discussions ongoing at the outset of uh, you know a couple of months ago about whether folks in accounts management and similar type situations would have to wear the mask all the time when they're on the phone. Uh, they had asked for some sort of uh, guidance or breather, and then it came, you know, if you've been vaccinated, you didn't have to wear the mask. So that sort of fell by the wayside. Now I believe those discussions, again, are heating up, trying to find something that works for everyone, which is going to be a very difficult target to hit.
0: We're going to talk a moment in a moment about a possible return to the office and what may be in the offing there, although we're still not sure about that. Before we get to that, We're looking at the scenario of when people do return to work. And once people return to work, and you are required to to return to work at least part of the time, uh, and you're unvaccinated, you choose not to vaccinate, uh, and you come to work, the rules as we understand them now uh, would be that, okay, if you come to work, you're unvaccinated, you must be tested then the question comes up, what if you refuse the test? Now, we have one report from Politico.com where an OPM official told that reporter that any federal employee refusing to uh, be tested in that circumstance would face discipline. That is very interesting. And of course, uh, the, the a union such as NTEU would have something to say about that, but that appears to be the management uh, take, at least at the beginning of this. What? Uh, just tell us your view on this whole issue of well, how unvaccinated people would be treated once the return to work happens, whenever that happens.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting situation, as a lot of this is. Who's going to be doing the testing? How is the testing going to be done? Are people going who are unvaccinated going to be getting time to go get uh, tested or is that going to be on their own time? There are a whole bunch of variables to that. Then you add in if employees and I would never, ever advise an employee this, that they say, well, I'm not going to be tested Um, because I think management is on some uh, pretty good ground. Uh, to say that, you know, if you don't get tested, that there are going to be repercussions. Now, what the repercussions are can vary wildly, anything from admonishment to proposed termination, and the impact and implementation is something that NTU nationally would be negotiating over this. So we don't know what the impact would be or effect would be, but it would not be good for somebody to do this, especially if they continue to do it, and it got to be progressive discipline. So I would You know, I understand that there are people who are still firm in their convictions that they do not want to be vaccinated for whatever reason, but refusing to take a test to make sure that you are not positive for COVID if you choose not to be vaccinated is a whole other matter altogether.
0: And it's worth repeating again, Duncan, uh, you and I have talked about this on numerous occasions. It's the position of Chapter 49 is you as the president. That you, sh- if you're not vaccinated, get out and do it now. I, I I'm i seeing an uptick in vaccinations nationwide. We had some uh, statistics come out for Indiana right before we recorded this, which indicates an uptick in the vaccinations in Indiana. I think there's a realization that's beginning to hit people. And even though that the experts have said you need to do it, I think one of the most compelling stories I've seen are people who have not been vaccinated, were adamant about that, now in the hospital and in danger of dying, and they've been able to get video out of their hospital room telling people, hey, I wish I had been vaccinated, you should get vaccinated now. I think that's the most compelling argument one can, can possibly see.
1: Yeah. And I read these stories as well and see them where, uh, you know, they're telling doctors, can I get the vaccine now, please? Can I get it now? And it's too late. These, once it's happened, it's too late. And with the Delta and God knows what other variants are out there, you know, I'm sorry. I don't believe that there's an excuse um, unless it's a health reason or religious one for not being vaccinated. And it's something that's going to be, um, you know, we we need to we need to beat this thing, and until we get proper vaccination, I'm just very afraid that more people are going to die needlessly.
0: Well, we talked to, we've talked about this more than once, and I wish we had more information. But I do want you to at least talk about what you know. Uh, we still don't know about return to the office. We know that the IRS submitted a plan. All agencies had to do that a few weeks ago, and that was before the Delta variant became a problem and before there were more mask mandates coming out around the country. Uh, So there's still no word on on when the IRS would want people to come back to work. We believe that the plan that was submitted would have called for a return to the office sometime in September. Uh, We know that uh, uh, Tony Reardon, our national president of NTEU, has officially asked government agencies to delay that with uh, the new uptick in cases that we're seeing almost everywhere in the country. Uh, So what's the latest? Is there anything at all you can add or anything any update we have on on that situation?
1: There is nothing official out there. There's a bunch of uh, confusion as to what they should do. I think that there's part of management that wants to go ahead and start recalling people, but there's other parts of management that's understanding that with this variant, um, out there, and with unvaccinated people, you've got a, a big brew for bad, bad trouble. So, you know, I wholeheartedly—I um, can't say enough about how much I agree with Tony's actions in uh, going to OPM and saying, "Hey, look, let's let's hold off on this until we know what's going on." IRS itself was getting ready to have um, some of these forums out there where they were getting employees geared up in September to go out and, you know, on the weekends uh, for information on things like uh, the child credit, things of that nature. And they pulled that back. They canceled that because of the effect of possible uh, effect on employees' health and taxpayers' health with the uh, Delta and other variants out there. So, I think there are a lot of people high up in the IRS, and this just isn't an IRS thing, it's Treasury and it's other governmental agencies as well that are looking at this going, it just may not be safe to bring our people back as soon as we thought we could, just because at the time that they submitted these plans, you know, drew them up, submitted them, we were in a downward uh, cycle, they thought everything was going to be okay, the cases were uh, greatly reduced, And then the Delta variant came along and we've got so many, such a high percentage of unvaccinated people out there that it's just blown everything back up.
0: And if you look at Tony Fauci and the other experts, the nationally and internationally known experts at the national level, they say the more people that are vaccinated, the better chance we have of tamping down the new variants. And the biggest fear now And I'm no expert, but I read them and try to take that in. The biggest fear I see of the health professionals goes back to what we talked about before, that getting vaccinated is the best way to handle that, uh, because the fear is there will be a new variant that will be resistant to the vaccine. If that happens, we go back to lockdowns again, and nobody wants that.
1: I, I so don't want that. I don't think, like you said, nobody wants that. One of the best um, things I've seen on this is where somebody said, well, you know, I want to do my own research. And somebody responded to that by saying, okay, that's great. You want to do your own research on Google on this and not trust the $3.8 billion that has gone into governmental research where every, uh, you know, every infectious disease expert that the government has, has looked at this, researched it for years, of not particularly COVID, but all these types of individual issues and said, this is the best way to go. But you're going to do it on your own. I mean, those are the types of things that just scare the heck out of me.
0: Well, if you go on Google and YouTube and all that, you're going to find some good information and some that's not so good. So you're doing your own research. I mean, I could go on Google and
1: find somebody that says I should be named Mr. Universe. I mean, yeah, so... Yeah, you can't trust everything that's on the internet.
0: Okay, so could we have the name of the person that wants you to be Mr. Universe? I'd like to know. Uh,
1: they're blind and and uh, you know, have several other disabilities as well, I believe.
0: <laughs> well, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, there's the misinformation on some of these platforms is just unbelievable. You need to trust the people who have devoted their lives to this, have the degrees and the experience to uh to make that kind of judgment. I mean, when I see things on the internet and and see things on YouTube and, and some of these meetings. There's one meeting of the Arkansas governor who was urging people to get vaccinated and people who came back to him talking about, yes, there are computer chips in the vaccine, just insane kinds of allegations that are being made. And uh, these people are not listening to the right people. I mean, if you go to, on Google and the internet, you'll find that stuff, but it's not, credi- it's not credible. Okay. It's not from anybody who knows anything about the vaccine. Well, let's move on to another issue, if we may. Uh, the House of Representatives has passed the spending plan for the IRS for the next fiscal year. Uh, it is silent on a pay raise. The administration has proposed two point eight percent for next calendar year. Technically, the appropriation goes into effect uh, if it's done on time, which it rarely is. October first, <laughs> the pay raise goes in the fr- in the calendar year. You're chuckling as I say that. Um,
1: An appropriation building that's on passed on time.
0: It's been, <laughs> gosh, at. 10 years, 12 <laughs> years. I think it's been that long again. Uh, the Senate, had, the House has passed it. The Senate has not taken it up yet. They're, they've still got the infrastructure bill uh, being debated with uh, amendments and all that. Uh, last thing I saw uh, from some of the best reporters in, 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 in the Capitol Hill area is that the Senate may have this infrastructure bill done in, probably this weekend and then the Senate leader Chuck Schumer has said that that the appropriations bills must be passed before they can go on their August recess and and senators cherish their August recess so it may get passed uh, who knows something could always happen but that's the intent of the Senate majority leader at this time so uh, what, uh, I know I've tried to put some information on our Facebook page. If you want to follow that, our, you can find our Facebook page by going onto Facebook and, and just searching NTEU chapter 49, Indiana. And you can follow or like our page. And uh, I did put some updates there recently, and, and the uh, National Union has taken a good look at this appropriations bill. So just from your research and your uh, view of it, uh, is it good or bad news for people working at IRS?
1: Uh, it increases our funding by a billion dollars, which is never a bad thing. It isn't the um, what we wanted the long term, and that may come in a different infrastructure bill. Uh, to really beef up the hiring, to make sure that we have uh, proper IT, um, the ability for taxpayers to be able to actually see their records uh, like you would at a bank, things of that nature. We're hoping that we get that type of funding. But an additional billion dollars in funding, if uh, if what's in the House would also pass the Senate, which, of course, is a big hurdle, um, then it would be very good for us because we – as all employees know, we desperately need hiring all across the country. There isn't a place from you know the top of Maine to the bottom of California and every place in between that doesn't need more employees, whether it's at call sites, service centers, revenue officers, revenue agents, tax compliance officers, uh, taxpayer advocate. I mean, everywhere. We just need more employees. We're just trying to. Um, you know, keep putting our fingers in the dam and hoping it doesn't burst.
0: That's pretty well put. And anybody who's worked for the service knows that. I've been gone for almost 10 years and and it was that way before I left. So it's worse now than it was at the time I I was with the service. So I think we have the best possibility of beginning to rebuild the service after years and years of 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 budgets that are simply have not been large enough to even keep up with the attrition that we have seen uh, within the service. And we're hoping we get some more hiring authority with some legislation later in the year. We don't know that, but uh, we're watching that very closely as well.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where why don't you invest in the people that are bringing in the most money by far into the United States Treasury? That's, That's what it boils down to
0: for me. Well, there are reasons why we won't get into that today, Um, because we don't have time. That that could be an hour-long discussion. Uh, We have something else looming, and it's happened before, the debt ceiling. This is something I don't think any other nation in the world has except the United States. People in other countries don't understand why we even have this, because we have a ceiling on the amount of debt that uh, the federal government can take in. This is basically just paying the bills we've already appropriated in the past, uh, debt ceiling. If we would ever not raise the debt ceiling as a nation, uh, it would be catastrophic to our economy. The bond market, the stock market would likely crash, and that's based on what experts say. It's not my opinion. I'm just passing along what those who know about it would say. Uh, plus, it would it would wreak havoc with all of our agencies, and it's really would. And I've I've had to go through this as a manager. We actually thought this might happen once when I was a a manager of the, of the taxpayer assistance centers, and I remember sitting down talking, you know, with my boss about how we we would have to chew, figure out what to spend our money on and what we couldn't, and it's much more complex and difficult than a government shutdown. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but if if it were to happen, it would be catastrophic. So we there's going to be a lot of the media about this, and there's already been some political posturing. You'll see in, in the media about it. <laughs> Uh, Tell us how we as federal employees should approach this in your view.
1: This is one of those, you know, golden oldies, greatest hits things. Oh, it's the debt ceiling come around again. Um, I always believe that even at its most partisan, cooler heads will prevail and the debt ceiling will be raised appropriately in time. They may wait till the 11th hour to do so but they'll get this done. In the meantime, there's going to be a lot of gnashing of teeth and hand wringing and name calling. And Oh my gosh, as you said, if this would ever happen, the sky would definitely fall financially. And like you said, that's not you or I saying that this is all the financial experts and economists out there. So I don't believe it's going to happen. I do believe that they will raise the debt ceiling And if it does get close, we will, of course, keep you informed, but we wanted to get this word out to you that, you know, don't let this be a concern to you. Don't let this keep you up at night. You know, there are a lot of other things that are going on that'll keep us up at night rather than this.
0: And there's something else that you'll see in the media, and and I want everyone to understand this, and I want you to to weigh in on this as well. Uh, Because what normally happens when the government starts to get close on a debt ceiling uh, What will generally happen is that the Treasury will tap into every other asset it has just to carry it forward until Congress can actually uh, take action on it. One thing that's tapped is the G fund and the uh, Thrift Savings Plan. And I want everyone to know, yes, that is technically true. That is what the Treasury is doing to buy some time, but it will not impact what you have in your thrift savings plan account. It is just a kind of a, an accounting uh, technicality that is done to use the assets in the G fund to borrow time so that uh, the government could get the debt ceiling raised. I, I know this has been a point of consternation for some people, but uh, understand that it is happening, but also understand it will not impact your thrift savings plan.
1: Exactly. So as uh, treasury secretary Yellen said earlier this week, that yes, they are going to be doing this. Nobody will be harmed. They will still get the same, uh, you know, their, their funds in the G fund are fine. They'll still get the same interest that they would have if they hadn't tapped into it. So it's not going to be any change. It's going to be transparent for people who are in the G fund in the thrift savings plan. But it's like you said, it's a um, something of an accounting need to be able to do this to continue to fund the government to keep it going uh, until they can raise the debt ceiling.
0: One thing I wanted to mention here at the end, if I may, and I'm some, uh, I've already been through the whole process. It was more than 10 years ago of applying for retirement And there's a lot of paperwork that goes with it. And it has to be exactly correct. And if it's not, somebody will let you know and you need to get it corrected. Even (laughs) if you do it all correct, it still takes a lot of time. And I understand that. The government has to be careful about these things. Um, However, there is a pilot program that has just been announced by the OPM where you may be able to file all this paperwork online. The idea is to... Speed the process up. I know it takes months to get your retirement all approved. That an online system might make it a quicker process. So that would be welcome. Hopefully, maybe when you retire, Duncan, there'll be such a thing.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really hoping so. I when I saw that, my my response was yes. It's about time, and and it's just one of those things where they they're just like the I, OPM. It's just like the IRS. We're still on the, you know, the master file system, you know, that we haven't been able to get rid of. We're still doing some of that. And that's the same way with OPM. They haven't been able to get their system up where it's totally automated and online. And having that on, online rather than, you know, so paper intensive would just be a boon for the agencies, for OPM, and especially for people who are going to retire. So I'm very hopeful that uh, in the yeah, short, near, or even long-term future, that this can be done and taken care of to the betterment of everyone.
0: Just a couple of minutes left here, Duncan. I thought I would just give you an opportunity to answer this question. I mean, you're, you're ears to the ground. You're getting emails, phone calls, questions all the time uh, from people at Indiana who work for the Internal Revenue Service. Give us some uh, examples of some of the recent questions that you have had posed to you and, and the answers that, that you're providing people.
1: Um, I get questions from all over the country. Uh, mostly when it's bargaining unit employees, the vast majority are in Indiana. But if it's managers or executives, I get questions from all over the country. One of the things right now is um, EPL, the emergency paid leave. People want to know, why is it taking so long to be approved? Well, it used to, you know, right at the start, a second level manager was able to go ahead and approve that. Oh, no, not anymore. They quickly uh, stopped that one. These requests aren't being done by the business units or by the IRS. These requests now are going into OPM to have to be approved. So it's, of course, taking much longer, and there has to be a lot of corrections done to set our inputs. So it's it's a tough system to have to do, and we have no clue as to how much money is left in there. But that's been a big concern of a lot of people that I've had to explain, this is what's going on.
0: Makes you wonder if eventually you won't have to get the approval of the United Nations Security Council. I mean, that's where it's, uh, it's,
1: a- <laughs> it's Yeah, it's one of those things where when they set it, here it is a fund for the entire federal government and we're going to roll this out with no way of monitoring who's putting in what where by the different agencies while it's being requested. It's, It's a huge boondoggle because they wanted to get the money out quickly to help people and it's going to, you know, sooner or later and, you know, we're talking September, it's going to end and when it ends, there's not going to be anything more to that and that's another thing that I've told people from the highest executives to bargaining unit, frontline employees, it's not going to be happening. There's not going to be any more money for this. So if you've got uh, caregiver issues due to the pandemic, you're going to need to find a solution for those outside of these programs.
0: We're about done. Uh, Once again, final message for the people listening and watching. You
1: know, I, I beat this drum continually, and I'm sorry that folks have to continue to hear it um please for the sake of yourself your family your fellow employees get vaccinated you may have side effects for a day or two there aren't any microchips in it it is safe and it is something that's going to help not just you but your fellow person your fellow man your fellow woman so i can't strongly encourage enough to please 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 get vaccinated you get vaccinated for polio, you get vaccinated, you got vaccinated for smallpox, Your, you know, the measles, you Now, these things all, all went through this process. So you want to get this taken care of so we can beat this thing where it's manageable.
0: Just heard Duncan Giles, chapter president for NTEU chapter 49. And this has been the chapter 49 podcast, a weekly update from our Chapter 49, which represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. You can find our audio podcasts uh, on just about any platform you can find a podcast. Just search Podcasts by Larry Lannon, L-A-N-N-A-N, and you can find all my podcasts of which Chapter 49 podcasts are a part of that. Also, as far as the uh, YouTube is concerned, uh, look up Duncan Giles. And you'll find our Chapter 49 podcast there. And you can subscribe to uh, Duncan's YouTube channel, and you'll see all of our video podcasts, this being the second one uh, that we have and the ones that we'll have in the future. Feel free to comment uh, on our podcast if you wish to do so. And we thank you very much for watching and listening. Please be safe and be kind.